the New York media has gotten soft, including you, Paul. I don't need any kind of crap from you. Take a lap defense. Take a lap special teams. Who cares? No. It doesn't matter. It sure does. It doesn't. Paul, do you know what drip is? Do we have to explain? No, I'm going to let you wear the clown makeup. Removing goalposts. How stupid is that? No drunkenness. He answered the question fine. We move on. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Shoot or shoot. The kicker. You hear how he says the kicker. Like he's a subset from the team. Do I send you journalism lessons on Twitter? We've got a lot of angry people on this podcast. Yeah. Lennon has coverage, but can't deliver. We, we know that we got to be better offense. It's something that we haven't been doing this year. We haven't been scoring touchdowns. And- Lennon has time. Well, he did. And he's going to go down. Sack. I mean, I think it's just pressure going out there and playing in general. So I try not to get too like caught up in what the other side of the ball is doing. He's airing it out deep. Ingram is back there in double coverage. And it's a Dolphin takeaway. we got to make more plays. got to take advantage of the opportunities in front of us. we got to make sure that we capitalize on opportunities. Yeah, nine points is not acceptable. we got to be better. we got to capitalize on opportunities. we got to be better at home, starting myself. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our Giants podcast from the New York Post. That montage you just heard, courtesy of Fox Sports, Chris Myers, Barkley, Judge Bradbury from Giants.com. The Giants lose 20-9 to down in South Beach and fall to 4-8 and on the season. We'll talk about it now with our host of Blue Rush. That'd be two-time Super Bowl champion, Lawrence Tynes, and our co-host, Giants beat writer for the Post, Paul Schwartz. Lawrence you might have supplied the Giants with more offense than Mike Glennon did. It was ugly. We don't know who the quarterback will be next week as Glennon is in concussion protocol. And uh, a team that we talked about in a playoff race did not look anything close to a team in a playoff race. No, it didn't. And I think I'm going to go a different way than maybe some people are. None of this is on the players. Every single bit of this game is on the offensive coaching staff. And we have to start looking at these players, obviously these coaches more closely. How can they not get this team ready to play when you're down a quarterback or down any player? The tendency is the roster will rise up and play and help this guy out. One guy did that today on offense, and his name's Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, I thought, played well on offense. I thought he had the best game on offense. No one else elevated their game. And when you're down a quarterback and you go out there and lay an egg like that, this is on the coaching staff. This is on the entire offensive coaching staff as a whole for this performance today. But they fired Jason Garrett. So they have a new offensive brain trust. So isn't that supposed mm-hmm. to have cured some of this? You know what? I'm, I'm not giving it all to the coaches at all. I mean, I think players, Lawrence, you are next player, tend to kind of look in a different way. Sometimes the players, it's just not good enough. I mean, this team is not good enough. Now, can, is Kenny Galladay a capable NFL receiver? Of course he is. Is Andrew Thomas a capable left tackle? Of course he is. But, you know, you can go down the list. The list ends pretty quickly of guys who you want on your team. They're just there's some bad players out there playing bad football. Um, I agree with you. Look, Mike Lennon, we said it last week on the podcast. He was, what, 6-21 and 21 or whatever he was as a starting quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. Now, I don't want to go too crazy with Mike Glennon because I don't know how long he played the second half with a concussion. You know, he looked better in the first half than he did the second half. Don't you agree? You know, he was functional in the first half and couldn't get the ball in the end zone. But the second half, he was all over the map. All over the place. A lot of bad throws. He had a lot of missed throws in the second half. Boy, you know, there were more throws in this game than we've had all season where – Literally, he uh, the ball would go one way, the receiver go the other way. Remember the one over the middle to John Ross? 
We all know oh John Ross is fast. Yeah. He's wide open, and the ball is like is like five yards behind him. It was late. late. Yeah. It was Holy late. moly! I mean, so you know, Mike Lennon was not good. You know, he got hurt. What I'm most disturbed with. Look, I expect there to be some lousy football on the field. What did you take of the way Joe Judge came out after the game? Now we know he's not going to rip players. We know he's going to kind of not specifically say things about certain plays and say, I'm going to look at it and things like that. But what did you think of his take after the game? He had some doozies as far as things he said. I mean, yeah, he's a master deflector almost in a sense where you guys will ask a very simple question that requires maybe four sentences and he takes it 17 sentences. And I don't know if that's by design, but he's very, very good at it. I would love for him to come out and maybe this is not his MO, but you know, we talked about the, the Eagles coach came out and professionally criticized his quarterback. I, I think that's the right way to put it. There's nothing wrong with that in the NFL. Everyone's making a lot of money. You can be criticized. You can be called out publicly. And I don't think in the last two years he's done it ever one time. He always says, look, I'm not going to make any blanket statements right there. I'm going to go to the film right there. You know when he did, so, you know when he did it? He did it a few weeks ago for you know talking for the about coordinator. the coordinator and and, and yes. Jason Garrett was fired the next day. So we knew he meant business then, but yeah. I just I here's what I'll say. I, I think when the locker room has the respect of the coach has the respect of the locker room, which I think he does, it is okay to criticize your players because they'll take that as obviously something they need to work on as a sign of respect. He has the respect of the players. It's okay. Like Tom Coughlin used to call out players. Yes, he did. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so there's nothing wrong with that. I've had visits with Tom Coughlin in his office, maybe not publicly, and I'm sure he's called me out publicly before too. And I take that as a challenge. So I don't see anything wrong with that. And maybe it's just Joe's way of doing business. But man, you're talking to the public here and they want to know that you're holding these players accountable in a sense when you're doing these press conferences. Look, you can't come out after every bad game and rip the team. I get it. I get it. You know, I, I get it. That's fine. I think fans want, you know, the, the coach to come out, you know, spitting fire because they're so upset. He mentioned Evan Engram. He mentioned some catches for Galladay. He mentioned Kyle Rudolph getting vertical. He, Kyle Rudolph getting <laughs> vertical, which is, that might be, I, I don't know what getting vertical means, but Kyle Rudolph doesn't do it. Okay. No. You know, he's pleased with their attitude. He's pleased with their effort. He's pleased with the way they practice. That is not why you get paid. You get paid to compete on Sundays. And maybe he's pleased with the way they compete, but you can't come out and say that to the media, to the fan base, as you mentioned. You're talking to the fan base. It's really, to me, I've never seen a coach this Pollyanna of a guy who I think is pretty sharp to come out and say this and say things like, I'm very pleased. You can't say you're pleased after you just yeah, got your there's nothing. There was nothing to be pleased about. Nothing. Andrew, let's no. cue up that exact Gosh. quote from Joe Judd. Let's, let's hear exactly what he had to say about the Giants after the game. First off, give credit to that team. Obviously, they went out there and did enough to win the game. Uh, there's a lot of things that I saw today in the way we played, a lot of things that are moving in the right direction, a lot of things I'm very pleased with in terms of how we competed. We were able to make some stops at critical moments, able to make some good you know, decisions. A lot of guys stepped up in different situations, but ultimately we got to make more plays, got to take advantage of the opportunities in front of us, and got to make sure that we capitalize on opportunities when we have a chance to go ahead and make big-time you know, swings in the game. You know, I'm pleased with a lot of things in the team. You know, it's going to be a good week for us to get together as a team, go out to the West Coast, work together, you know, reset ourselves a little bit and keep moving forward. Wow. There's a lot to unpack right there. I mean, the only thing he said that makes sense to me is he's looking forward to going out there and kind of, you know, bonding as a team. The rest of it's 
garbage. Yeah, you, um, you know what else is strange? You know, we'll talk about this later in the week about, you know, the Giants are not coming home after Miami. They're going to practice the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in Tucson, Arizona, and then they are going to L.A. Joe Judge did not want to go back and forth, which, you know, Miami's pe- people go back and forth twice a day to Miami, you know, in New York. Yeah. But, okay, that's fine. But they're talking about bonding as a team. Lawrence, Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't as a team, didn't you used to try to bond in training camp, maybe um, earlier in the season, something like that? Bonding in, in December? Well, bonding for what? The offseason picnic? You know, what are they bonding for? The season's almost over. They're out of any kind of contention. So, look, it's fine if they want to, you know, they want to get away and all this stuff. But there's no urgency here to, I mean, we got James Bradbury came out, Logan Ryan, Saquon Barkley. Mike Lennon could not come out because he was getting evaluated for a concussion. And not one of these guys, you know, Saquon looked incredibly frustrated. You know, Joe Judge looked like things are moving in the right direction is what he was saying. Roses. I'm okay with them saying that because, you know, there's some new pieces on this team. And I think some of the guys talked about that. But overall, to spend the whole week with guys maybe playing cards in the hotel room and, and, you know, it's only for a week. That can build some added chemistry and maybe you learn. The chemistry is fine on this team. Yeah, it's very good. They, they get along um, great. They just can't play. You know, one play in the game that kind of rubbed me the wrong way as a kicker was the the whole Graham Gano 56-yard field goal. And I know that's part of the game, right, where you need 11, so you need a – but, my God, why not throw the Hail Mary there or something? You know, we're trotting this guy out there. He's been our best player all season. He scores all the points. I mean, that's even for Graham, who's an elite kicker, who's had a great day at the office, to go out there and ask him to make a 56-yarder and then hopefully get an onside and then a, you know, a Hail Mary. That said a lot to me is about where they were as an offense, right? They didn't think they could pick up any kind of yardage, move the football. So let's trot Graham out here. So he, and of course, he missed it, which stinks. And I just, there was a lot of calls today that didn't make sense offensively. And it's almost like you say to yourself, my son says, Dad, do you think they practice these plays? I mean, that's for a 14-year-old boy to say that to his dad who played the game. That's where this team is at offensively. A lot of this stuff, they couldn't get in and out of the huddle. The weird timeouts, the sack, sack, sack. One of the sacks on Andrew Thomas, I mean, he blocked the guy for five seconds. And how long do you need to block the guy? Yeah, I mean, um, you, you, yeah, I mean, I mean you got to pull the Mike trigger. Was but again, it, holding the ball. It, yeah. it goes back to no one's getting open. No one's, or he's not seeing the guy that is open. Because you, I, you I think on one of those, I saw Evan wide yeah, open yeah. in the middle. You mentioned the timeout. I mean, you can't make this up. Is it 115 left in the first half, okay? It is second and 23, I believe, after a, like a, a big sack on Glennon. They call timeout. We asked Joe Judge about it. He said, I wanted to make sure we gave ourselves the best chance of staying out of third and long. It was second and 23, okay? That is <laughs> right. long. So Mike Glennon gets sacked. They lose seven yards. So now it's third and 30, okay? Which I think is the very definition of third and long, except – then they get a delay of game penalty, so it's third and 35. So thank God bad, they used that series. timeout to kind of settle things down so they could get sacked and then have a five-yard delay. It's, it's, it's almost like Madden when the, when the person you know goes to the bathroom and doesn't press timeout and they keep getting delay a game, delay a game, and it's third and 60. That's what happens. A couple of stats here from Sarah that, that tr- truly tell you about the offenses. They haven't had a running back or receiver score a touchdown since October unheard of they've been held to combine 26 points last two games they're only averaging 17.6 my biggest gripe today is just with the offense i just i I get that they're not talented i get that they're not very good but there's so much incompetence and things that are happening that are just you know for a team that's supposedly well coached 
man, there's a lot of questions I have on that side of the ball in terms of, you know, getting lined up. And wasn't there a timeout right before the end of the first quarter that just made no sense when the clock was going to run out, take, let the clock run out. And I get Glennon's new, but this is pro football guys. Like it can be better than this. This is your job Monday through Saturday. And then you play Sunday. There's a lot of time to get all this stuff figured out. And for whatever reason, I mean, they just look so inept. I look at it. Taylor Heineke is coming in and looks like a star now. Like the Washington is like 500. He's a baller. And he's a backup who's coming in and lit and it up. And they were two so. and six. They were two and six. And and if you want to start comparing this team to other teams, just look right in your own division at the Washington football team. And Ron Rivera is a, a proven coach and winner. But two and six, they play the right way. They don't have a ton of draft capital on offense, I don't think. You know, I don't know if McLaurin wasn't even a – was he a first-rounder, McLaurin? I think a second-rounder, wasn't he? Yeah, I only think yeah. he was a first. And then you kind of go through the quarterback and some of their pieces in the backfield with, with McKissick and them. They're just better coach. Well, you I mean, talk about they got a, in the backfield. You know, Saquon is, you know, the incredibly shrinking superstar. You know, right before our eyes. Now, Saquon was hurting, you know, after the game. He was hurting. You know, you know, he said nine points are not, is not acceptable. You know, he said, I'm not doing anything in the running game. I'm not affecting the game in that aspect. Lawrence, you know, you were an elite high-level player, you know what I mean, you know, at your position, who had successes and some failures, more successes. You know, Saquon has been a star. I'm not feeling sorry for him, but... But I do feel for him because I think he's a good guy and he is questioning himself without questioning himself. You know, he was asked, some people are saying that you're not the player you were. And he said, that's their opinion. The next question was, well, why are you? You know, the stats are there. Why do you say you're the player that you still were? And he said, because I know who I am. You know what? I don't think he knows who he is right now. He doesn't know. He can't do it physically. He, he had another one today, right? He had a 23-yard run. And his other 10 runs, I think, went for a total of 22 yards. He had six receptions in the game, right? Great. We want him to throw the ball to Saquon. Six receptions for 19 yards. That's can, that's hard to fathom it, that you, you know, caught a ball six times and you only got 19 yards. I mean, in today's game, in today's game, it just, yeah. but I, again, it goes back to what we talked about with Daniel. I really worry about, and, and I will give a lot of kudos to, to Saquon today for coming out there and standing up and taking the questions and answering them honestly. Well, he's but, a team captain. He's going he to is. do that. You know, he's going to do but, that. I don't, you know, I don't give but him But it's just this the mental, that. the mental part. It's yeah. the part we can't coach. It's the part we can't see. It's the part that is the hardest. And it's obviously the part, you know, the physical elements catch up to you. But I would venture to say that the mental part has co- has cost a lot of careers just as much as age has. I think the mental part of the game, it's brutal. You guys know what it takes and watch these guys and cover this game. It's a it's a lot of mental. It's it's I think I'm better than the guy across from me. Saquon doesn't believe that right now. I'm not saying he can't get it back because he's still young enough and he's an elite athlete, but that stuff starts to wear on you. And then questions come up about where we are re-signing him. I guess we picked up his fifth year option. I'm worried about him and Daniel because the losing takes a toll on you mentally. And I don't know, it's it's hard to get back. I think coming back from mental issues is harder than coming back from physical issues in terms of your self-confidence. Yeah, because he came back from the physical issues. Yep. He came back, he's fine physically. Because that has a timeline, right? That yeah. has a timeline where we say, okay, it's a year. Okay, well, it's a year. Well, with your mental, you don't know which run, which game, which kick for me is going to make me feel like, oh, I got it. 
You know, you just don't know when that happens. And, you know, you do feel for him. He is a good guy. But at the end of the day, he wears a jersey and he gets paid a lot of money to go play football. And, and that's what we're all judging him off of. There's no question. You know, at the, even at the end of the game, Lawrence, they, you know, the, the Dolphins are just giving him yards, you know, the training yards for time. And uh, Saquon had a couple of, you know, receptions. And, and even then, he was not explosive. He was not There's a burst. There's something miss. missing, Paul. I agree There's with some, that. Yeah, I said they, the same thing. He caught that one over the middle, and it just looked like he kind of looked heavy-legged. Right? Yeah, he looked like he was his his legs were churning in the grass, and he wasn't really going where he needed to go. So you know, it, it's it, there's nothing there's nothing to fall back on. You know, they may have to play Jake Fromm next week at quarterback. I think unbelievable. You know, in 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 uh, L.A. against the Chargers. You know, this this is a free fall. Look, I mean, it's hard to believe they did win last week, right? They actually beat the Eagles in a game. You know, they scored 13 points, but they did beat the Eagles. It seems like they're on a 10 game losing streak. And yet they did win last week, but um, boy, they sucked the life out of a season. I think the the turning point in the game was when he missed Evan Ingram for a touchdown. He kind of threw it. I don't know. And I, I wrote this down in my notes. I don't know if Evan ran the wrong route or if it was a bad pass. I couldn't really tell, but it looked like that was a touchdown. And if you get that on the board, maybe a different game. I thought Evan Ingram played really well. Evan Ingram ran past the cornerback, Nick Needham, ran past him. Just the matchup they wanted ran past him, and you now Evan turned inside, looking for the ball inside. Glennon threw it outside. My guess is Glennon threw it to the wrong spot. God, you almost thought if they just threw a go right there, it's a touchdown, well, he's, right? He's, he's, I don't he's know where the, the safety was. Like, I couldn't see where the safety was. In yeah, the safety shot, was but. not there because that was coming right. You know, the press box at, at Hard Rock oh, Stadium is right in That would have changed zone. the game. Right in the end, he was coming right at us. It's like, wow, he blew by that guy. And, um, you know, I don't know if it would have changed the game because that probably would have been the only touchdown they scored. But it would have helped. You know, it would have helped. helped. It would have emboldened the defense a little bit. They would have been pumped up that we scored a touchdown. You know, the defense is, you know, they realize. You know, you know what Logan Ryan said about this game? He said, look, we knew we had a backup quarterback and we knew that Miami defense was really good. So he said, if this was going to be a field goal fest, we had to make it a field goal fest. And we couldn't give up sevens. Like they gave up two sevens and they lost by eleven. That yeah, two, two that plays too that I, they would typically cover. I thought the first touchdown for sure. That was just kind of a, it wasn't a bust. It looked like it's just one of those plays where they let a guy get behind them. They did, but you know everyone gives up touchdowns this league. Yep. Everyone does. They get paid on the, the other uh, side, even to the two yard throwing lefty to it. Tagoviola, you know, keeping him. We're going to need a tequila two, a two sponsorship yard. on this show or, or whiskey or some sort of alcohol to get through this final month. From 4-7 and seven and a game out of the playoffs to essentially 4-9 and nine because Jake Fromm is not beating the Chargers on the road next week. So we could, uh, you know, we'll we'll predict that game on Thursday's podcast, but essentially the Giants will be 4-9 nine and eliminated before Christmas. And we have to add to the soundboard, Paul saying to Lawrence, you were an elite level player. Make sure we add that. That's the. Uh, I was going to say elite level athlete, but I said player. I like player. that. Player. Make sure you tweet that out. Yeah, that'll be our audiogram. That five second audiograms. <laughs> Look, between all of us on this podcast, we have two Super Bowl rings, right? So that's right. That's we it. Split them up. You got to split them up. Gotta, I don't know. Uh, you know, I know I don't have any, so I don't know who else does, but. I know Lawrence has got two, so he's he's elite in my book in that way anyway. There you go. Well, as Hanukkah ends, we'll drink some Manischewitz with Ryan Dunleavy of the New York Post next on Blue Rush. Yeah, I just like to go out there and have fun. All right, joining us now on Blue Rush, uh, not a long intro for him unless unless Ryan Dunleavy wants me to go through his, his college resume, his, his writing resume. Uh, so I'll just say New York Post sports NFL reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Dunleavy. Ryan, welcome. 
to Blue Rush. How you been? You, you've seen us. You've you've wrote about the podcast. You've had the scoops on the podcast, but now you're on. So welcome aboard. I appreciate being on. Yeah, it's uh, I'm a longtime listener, first time guest. Okay, back after this with Ryan. <laughs> well, you cover the game today. Your thoughts on uh, you know, you, the back page is out. It's it's a blank picture. Your thoughts on uh, that ugly offensive performance? That's what it was, right? I mean, it was a terrible offensive performance. I, I've been saying, I know Paul has said many times, look, you could fire the offensive coordinator and people like to make jokes, right? It can't get any worse. Well, it got worse. It got worse since they fired Jason Garrett. They're worse offensively. I don't care if they're doing more motion. I don't care if they're doing more trick plays. I don't care if they're forcing the ball to the playmakers. The bottom line is the offense has gotten worse. It's still not good in the red zone. It's the four straight game of 264 yards or less, which in today's NFL is just, that's an ex- one game like that is terrible. So yeah, just to see where they are offensively, I think they've gotten worse since Jason Garrett left. I think all the problems have been exposed because Garrett knew them and actually tried to hide them a little bit. Yeah, I agree with all that, Ryan, and thanks for coming on. A question I have, as a journalist, you guys are obviously humans. You hate probably asking the same questions over and over, just like we hate talking about the same problems. Is that a challenge, uh, I mean, for you guys in the media? Because you obviously like to have fun and see guys smile, But, I mean, it seems like every press conference is just doom and gloom, but that's the nature of this team. Yeah, I think you're exactly right, Lawrence. I mean, it just gets time. You find new ways to ask the same question. I think someone asked today, asked Saquon, do you ever get tired of not producing? And Saquon said, very tired. And it's like, yeah, we get tired. It's like normally the question is like, why aren't you producing? And now it's just like you say you say the same thing over and over. I get tired of answer of asking the same thing over and over. Can we just admit it's the same thing over and over? And that's kind of the point it's reached where you're looking for creative ways to try to get different answers. And then Joe Judge comes in and says, oh, well, see things progressive, moving in the right direction, things I'm encouraged by. And I get it, right? He's not the guy who blows up his players after games. But you have to realize that you're speaking to the public here and the fans do not want to hear that. I mean, to say that you see things moving in the right direction, you have to find a way to strike a chord between sounding positive when no one believes you're positive and putting players on blast. There's a chord to strike in that. And I think Nick Sirianni had struck it last week with the Eagles, if you listen to his press conference after they lost to the Giants. And Nick Sirianni last week basically said, you know, my quarterback gave a failing performance, you know. And, uh, you know, if if Joe Judge said that, I think we'd fall out of our chairs. Um, But you know what, Ryan, I think there is a light at the end of this tunnel because, you know, we're going to talk about the quarterback situation, how Daniel Jones could be out. And Mike Glennon had a concussion in this game. He could be out. Logan Ryan mentioned that he can play quarterback. And I believe that we have someone on this podcast who can verify Logan Ryan's ability. Now, I'm not taking Logan Ryan's credit. Uh, you know, Logan Ryan is, is telling us what a great quarterback he was at where? Uh, Voorhees, New Jersey. What what place Eastern, in New Jersey? Yeah, he? Eastern High School in Voorhees, New Jersey. Yep. Right. Now, who, 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 who covered uh, Logan Ryan's high school team back then? I may have seen Logan Ryan play in high school as a four-star recruit. I certainly saw him play quarterback for the scout team as a bowl prep, as a true freshman at Rutgers. So, yeah, I've certainly seen Logan Ryan do the gadget quarterback thing when I was covering Rutgers in high school football in New Jersey. That is true. He was a four-star running quarterback. 
lefty, right? Lefty, lefty. yeah, lefty. Yep. Yeah. Now, now he 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 had a great quote today, Ryan. He said, "Yeah, you know, if we need a quarterback, I can play some quarterback." And then he he says, "Hey, I can roll to my left and throw, you know, lefty two yard passes like Tua did." Um, <laughs> that was funny, Paul. I I picked up on that. My wife and it, I were. It listening was very to funny, but you know. That was it, funny. Look, the two or through uh, uh, touchdown passes of what five and two yards in this game, but that was a little dig, wasn't it, Ryan? It was. That was a little dig, a little. But you know, this guy Tua runs around and throws two yard passes. Hell, I can do that, right? Yeah, that, I I took it that way. I don't know that anybody should be dig anybody on the Giants should be digging anybody. Those five and two yard passes he threw for touchdowns were against the maybe not against Logan, but they were against the unit that Logan you know prides himself on running and disguising and all. And they the only thing they were disguising was the, what they were actually supposed to be doing because James Bradbury's in one spot not moving and Xavier McKinney looks frozen. I mean. Two, those two and five yard passes made the Giants secondary look awfully foolish in the end zone. So yeah, I don't, I don't know that they should be digging anybody with where they are, but that's certainly what it sounded like. He probably should have been digging his own quarterback, Mike Lennon, who was just atrocious. You know, do you want Jake Fromm starting next week? Or do you think the Giants add a player or does Mike Lennon come back from concussion and, and they, they roll him out there again against the Chargers and lose 69 nothing? What do they do next week? Well, hold on, Jake, what do you mean add a player? What is this like buying a vowel? You just you know can, can we can we um, can we add a quarterback here? <laughs> well, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. You have to, yeah. I yeah, mean, but they're, they're not gonna, gonna add a player who's gonna play. No, 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 no. They, yeah, they're gonna have to add somebody. Josh I mean, McCown is available. It's, it's, I talked to him the other day. He 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 is available if they want to sign Josh McCown. So. I think they should just go back and redo the whole Philip Rivers thing. They drafted him. Might as well put him in a giant wow. uniform for five games. That would be well, cool. if, if they do that, then you don't have two Super Bowl rings if they really want to re- revisit it, right, Lawrence? <laughs> Less debatable. All right, Ryan. So, so who's the quarterback Sunday? Who yeah. do you, is it going to be it's, from? I mean, so look, we've seen all these concussions are different, right? We've seen Sterling Shepard miss three or four games with concussions when he has them. Daniel Jones was had one against Dallas. He came back. He wasn't even on the Friday injury report. So his was like four days. It wasn't even a week. So they're all different. We don't know how Glennon obviously finished the game, which tells you that maybe his, you know, wasn't as noticeable or maybe not as significant, but you're going to see Paul's going to be in Arizona. He's going to see three days of Jake Fromm practicing. That's what he's going to see. They'll add a quarterback, a veteran guy. But I think Jake Fromm, who's, who will have had all of eight days in the Giants offense, who was a behind on the practice squad, was behind Giants draft pick Davis Webb as the Bills' fourth quarterback on Monday, is now going to be the Giants' starting quarterback on Wednesday when they take the practice field. I guess he'll be the starting quarterback, and I guess, look, you guys have talked about this on the pod here quite a few times. It should be about the future, but they're starting Nate Solder over Matt Parrott. They're starting Lorenzo Carter over Quincy Roche, so they refuse to do it, but... I guess for the fans who want those guys to start, you should want Jake Fromm to start over Mike Glennon because Mike Glennon certainly isn't going to be here next wait, year. Wait a second. Davis Webb is still in the NFL? He's the third quarterback for the Bills. He made his NFL regular season debut against the Jets. I wonder why ago. they were keeping four quarterbacks for a team that has two pretty solid guys. Well, you top. keep guys on the practice squad, right? And then you can elevate. With four yeah, is elevate. a lot. Yeah, yeah, Most teams don't keep two on the practice squad, though. Yeah. Well, Davis yeah, Webb is you, – you, you can't, you know – you can't leave him out there exposed. Someone will pick Davis Webb up. You know? <laughs> he's, he's 
he is a awesome waiver claim waiting to happen. Look, am I they the only they, one who would have Paul? Am I the only one, Lawrence? Am I the only one here who would have rather they picked up Davis Webb? I I would have rather seen him play than Jake Fromm. I don't know, just give him his chance. Maybe yeah. he's got the how about Joe Webb? On I'll take Joe Webb. Yeah, Davis Webb was a great talker. So um, you know, I you know <laughs> Ryan knows. So so is someone else on this organization. Yeah, when when Davis Webb was was you know the backup, and you know some of us on the beat said you know maybe it's going to be Davis Webb after Eli, and you know everyone would kind of sidle up to Davis Webb every once in a while and try to get on his good side and talk about Texas Tech or talk about Pat Mahomes and kind of be you know I'm gonna I'm gonna have you know Davis Webb he's gonna be my guy you know and um, the people who did the most investing on that really. <laughs> Really wasted a lot of time because he uh, he got in some games. And Ryan, why are you pointing to yourself there? You you were the president of the Davis Webb fan club, weren't you? <laughs> I still text with Davis Webb to this day, to be honest with you. I've stayed in touch with him. And I look, I, Paul, I'll say this. I've said this before, and obviously the Giants didn't agree with me. That year going, what was that, 2018, I swear, was the best quarterback the Giants had. That, tra- that OTAs, that training camp. I said, this guy... Is the had the best offseason, and then they end up cutting him, you know, keeping Kyle Oletta and Alex Tanny behind Eli. I, I was stunned. That was my welcome to the NFL moment. Hey, I've got a, a question for you today. Something that rubbed me the wrong way in a press conference, and maybe it didn't anybody else. Saquon Barkley chewing gum in a press conference. Listen, I, and, and maybe it's just the Tom Coughlin way, the you know, rude. Pat Hanlon, the playing with it on his tongue and talking to you guys. Maybe he didn't realize it. But, man, when you go to the podium, I just think for a marquee player of his stature, you don't get up there and smack on gum and play with it. Maybe I'm just pissed off because the Giants lost and I'm looking for everything. But that sent a very bad message to me. As a former player, I would never do that. I would just never go to the podium smacking gum. Well, maybe it was more blatant, you know, when you were on the watching video. it, yeah, uh, on it the is. video than it was yep. live. Um, it was a strange post game because, you know, Joe Judge set a, a strange tone early. Look, Saquon, you know, Ryan, we talked about this when you, you know, every every press conference that Daniel Jones starts when we ask about the interception or the fumble or the loss. And, you know, Saquon is, Daniel Jones was never as high as Saquon. You know, you know, no one ever said Daniel Jones was touched by the hand of God. You know, he was the, the generational running back. And, you know, Saquon's fall has been unbelievable. The problem with him has been injuries, not that he can't play. Well, he's been, he's been very bad this year. You know, he hasn't got back in gear. And, and you know, I think... You know, I'll cut Saquon a little slack as far as this is this is a slap, cold slap of reality to Saquon. And I don't think he knows what to say and what to answer and what to do. But Lawrence, you know, you know, I agree. I mean, there's a professional demeanor and chewing gum is probably not very professional. Certainly. Maybe his right breath smelled. Maybe his breath was just stinky. I don't think he's handling it well. Look, he's a guy who had a ton of success. He was, you know, at college. He was a ton of success. In the NFL right away, you know, tons of praise, tons of marketing deals. I don't think he's handled the failure that he's been faced with, both team-wise and his own individual, you know, shortcomings. I don't I don't think he's handled it well, personally. I just, I think it's really getting to him. The other day, he had a timer on his press conference. It feels like he doesn't know what to do. And look, I don't think it's, I think it's coming from a place that fans would respect. He wants to win so bad, he doesn't know what to do with himself. He doesn't know how he can help it he can't blame the offensive line which I think is really what he would like to do if you could get him privately tell him what am I supposed to do behind this offensive line and then the answer to that is I think everybody here would agree the Giants drafted Saquon 
to run behind a bad offensive line. They picked him because they knew we're going to have an average to below average offensive line, and we need you to make up for it. He could be great again behind a great offensive line, but a lot of running backs can be great behind a great offensive line. They need him to be great behind a bad offensive line. Yeah, the NFL will humble you. I mean, you guys know this. You guys have seen star players and how they handle it. And then, oh, by the way, factor in, Saquon's made $31 million from the Giants and $25 million from Nike. That's a lot of money. And, you know, getting hit all the time. And Brandon Jacobs is one of my best friends. And obviously you see a lot of tell-off from running backs after they get that contract. Man, it's not fun getting hit all the time. And, you know, and you, you, you know, it's you, just you, not. There's no question. And um, so many times we ask players, Lawrence, you knew this. Did you get the sense in a losing season? Do you get that feeling? Here we go again. Here we go again. And players always say, no, no, this was a different game. But it's human nature, you know, and these guys go out there and the offense struggles and the offense struggles. You know, this defense knows it. You know, they, they've kept their mouth shut. Good team guys. You know, they want to play good defense. But there's no question that there is this this mental thing now with this offense that there's no way they can expect to have the great one, success. Yeah, there's the no one way. thing you can't question on this team is the character of the men in the locker room. Because at this point, you would have thought something would have came out. There'd be a boiling point. There's a lot of great human beings in that locker room. There really is. And you can tell that by how they're handling stuff. But obviously, you got to have talent. Saquon said today, though, Paul, did you catch this when he said it was the same answer as when he said it's very, very hard to keep saying the same thing over and over. He said, as frustrated as we are, I know the defense is getting annoyed, too. And he said that. Yes. And we were asked, how do you know that? And he said, well, because they're playing lights out and they're playing great. You know, I think he's overestimating how they're playing. They, play, they, they played well today, though. They, they, look, they gave up 20 points. You know, against the, yep. they gave up 20 points. You should win, what, 60% of the games in this league giving yep. up 20 points? Is that fair? Is that fair sure. to say? Yep. You know, they gave up 20 points, and they're not even in the game. You know, they're not even comp- competitive in the game. They so. scored 30, more than 34 times in the last three years. Oof. Remember yeah, when no, they it, didn't it, score it, 30 it, under Ben McAdoo, and it was like such a huge deal? Like, are they ever going to score 30 again? You remember that? Well, they also and, had the number two ranked defense that year. Right. Yeah. In 16, yeah. when they went to the playoffs, they were yeah. the number two yeah. rank because their offense yeah. was like 26 or 27. They weren't that good. But defensively, yeah. they were. Really we need to good. start yeah. doing on this show. Every time they score 20, it's like when a team scores 100 points, you get free Taco Bell. The next day. We need to do, <laughs> like 20 points, free 20 piece nugget. At McDonald's. I saw they had 37 cent Whoppers this weekend. <laughs> and my roommate sent that to me. I'm like, I, I heard one of my I saw one of my follows on Twitter is real funny guy. He said he drove 60 miles round trip for the 37 cent Whoppers stored several bought like a dozen and stored them in his fridge he's spending <laughs> like, more on gas he's than you winning <laughs> he is winning for the whoppers oh my no, god i love, I love you, the you effort you can't though. store whoppers no no you Listen, gotta buy him and i don't know how old this guy is them. but maybe he's a young man you're, you can you're, store food when you're young and hungry <laughs> no, you're storing you're salmonella a, if you're doing that That's the first cool. thing i did when i got my driver's license at 17 was i went to burger king for a burger wendy's for nuggets and McDonald's for fries and created the perfect fast food meal. I wow. think I did that like three weeks ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, I hung out with Jeff Nelson a couple months back, and I, I think I got McDonald's for dinner. Then we drank Jaeger bombs, everything, and then got Wendy's later on in the oh, night. Oh, so is this Let's... the part of the show where we go around and say, what's your perfect combo meal? We have to. Okay. It, it, it's a... <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Wendy's double stack for the sandwich. Ooh. Yep. I'm going to go there. McDonald's fries. 
hundred percent. And then for the soda, for the fountain drink, uh, McDonald's, too. McDonald's think, Diet Coke. Even yes. though I'm not a soda guy, I don't drink a lot of sodas, but I would definitely touch up a Coca-Cola classic. For okay, McDonald's. we start any fast food meal with Nathan's French fries. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Nathan's I like French that. fries. Yes. I've never okay, had a bad good. fast food um, French fry, by the way. I guess Chick-fil-A, we're not including Chick-fil-A in this, or we are? Or... No, Chick-fil-A is included. Yeah. All right. So not on I'll Sundays. Go, I'll though. go for Chick-fil-A sandwich. Yeah, that's all. What else do I need? I don't need nuggets or any of that stuff. No. Oh, I, I'm made of nuggets. Dunleavy, what was yours? <laughs> what was your combo? Well, that's what I did when I was 17, the Wendy's what McDonald's. What is it now, though? Has, have the taste buds changed? It's a good question. Yeah, uh, they, they've gotten worse for Brian. His taste buds have yeah, gotten a lot worse. People okay. t- yeah, people will tell you my, my taste in food and movies are a little uh, unusual. I hate Chick-fil-A. Nice. Wow. No, I think, I think it was strong. Own that statement. I love Trigger. that. I love that's our, that's our audiogram right there. I, I love individuality. I, I think, that's fine. I think everything at Chick-fil-A tastes like pickles. Even the things that don't have pickles on it Ooh. taste like pickles. Hmm. I think it would be the same. I think I, maybe this a quarter pounder. This is my favorite maybe podcast of all time. <laughs> I Maybe I upgrade to the quarter pounder and the spicy nuggets over the regular nuggets, but pretty much the same idea. Yeah, I, th- I think the nuggets, McDonald's is always, I think Wendy's and McDonald's are almost a tie when it comes to nuggets, then Chick-fil-A, Burger King. I crapped all over them on the Jets podcast last week because we were talking about the Jersey rest areas are, are Burger King, Cinnabon, Auntie Anne's, and you used to love going to Burger King at a rest area on your way through Jersey. Now that's the last place you go to. They have ruined their brand and now they're so bad they're, they're, you know, giving out 37 cent burgers. I mean, that's flame broiled, by the way, too. Burger yeah. Thigh, thighs, breasts. What, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're not, we're not going to go in the, in the selection of church's chicken. chicken. I used to work at church's chicken. You did a sponsorship. Really? Them, right? <laughs> yes. That's a... I worked church's chicken and then I did Wendy's. I worked at a Taco Bell. Okay. Really? And, wow. Yes. For, and for one whole summer and at the end, and then I, it was my, I think it was my senior year. I got a terrible, I got a terrible job and, and I was getting ready to go to college. And the uh, manager said to me, you may have a future here in, in, in the food industry. To me, yeah. He said, you can have a future. You could be a manager here. And I said, well, that's very nice, but I think I'm going to go to college instead. You know, this, this, and, um, but yeah, I was great uh, fallback plan though, just in case, man, I yeah. had a similar situation. I used to yeah. make the chili at Wendy's. I'm still amazed. Paul, worked. I didn't know Taco Bell was around when Paul was a kid. I didn't know. I thought it came out uh, later <laughs> on, but, uh, sorry, I had to throw that one out. Well, there. we'll be um, getting picked up by the food network next week. Um, <laughs> podcast. You know, the worst is when I was my pleasured into oblivion when I was down at Chick-fil-A mm. in, in Charlotte. I mean, every cup he handed us, my pleasure, my pleasure. I mean, uh, that's enough. Just, but anyway. You know what's fun to do at Chick-fil-A real quick when they say my pleasure? You just say, is it? And then they'll talk to you back. You get some fun responses. All right. Next next time we're going to do that. Ryan Dunleavy, yeah. our local fast food and Davis Webb insider. I could check off uh, <laughs> texting Davis Webb off my 2021 bingo card. Follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Rye Dunleavy. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Flex for the gram. All right, Lawrence, you want to close out the show this week to close out Hanukkah as well? I do, Jake. Thanks a lot. That says cheerio to episode 90, the Jason Pierre-Paul edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, Sarah McCrory, and Andrew Hartz for producing the show. Lawrence, you you ever have any nights in Miami, the Miami nights when you played that were fun back in the day? Hi, a couple of wee nights doing at the strip clubs. Just kidding. That's where Paul Schwartz says tonight. Get Blue Rush a wee five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. For Paulie Schwartz, Jake Brown, Sarah McCrory, and Andrew Hartz, 
I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Tynes. We return on Thursday to preview the Giants matchup in Los Angeles with the Chargers. <laughs>